On the show, Nine News sports reporter and all-round ripper bloke Tommy Wren joins us in studio. The Barty Party has begun. Australia's golden girl conquers the clay in Paris. We've hit a World Cup hurdle. The Matildas and the Aussies stumble in their quest for dominance. That's all coming up next on The Press Box. I don't know if we're going to have enough time to fit everything we've got on offer tonight into our podcasting time, but thank you for joining us once again on this program. The Press Box with Sam Tuggle, Dale Fletcher and Jace Kemp. We are all in the house and we are all ready to go. Men, welcome once again to the show. Hey, boys, how are you going? <laughs> it's getting busier and busier each week. Oh, geez. Uh, what day is it? Yeah, what day is it? <laughs> what well, is a public holiday, technically, for us? But it feels well, weird. There's for no such else. thing as a public holiday. I've had to work. I had to come into work this morning. It's a bit flat. <laughs> <laughs> so did I. Although I didn't have to come in as early as you blokes. Uh, well, our board is flat knacker. Uh, it's just it's completely full. We can't fit any more into it. So let's get started. Uh, today. Obviously, Queen's birthday for us yep. was when we're recording Monday. So we got to see a great clash between Collingwood and Melbourne. But before that, the the highlight of the weekend, I suppose, was the big freeze at the G. Oh, yes. Big freeze number five. Yes. How magnificent was that? It was fantastic. Just even watching it at work, you get to watch a bit of football for once. Yeah. Just uh, sitting back at, on my desk, had the TV monitors turned on, the sound slightly down, and not got doing to watch. A whole lot. No, yeah, not, not in the morning. Sitting in his office doing nothing. <laughs> um, getting to watch, you know, Swanee and uh, doing the the Smurf, and then I think we had Rewald as Freddie Mercury, and oh, yeah, that was, was spectacular. Fantastic watching them go down. Great cause as well. Who, who who's your favourite? Who's your favourite? I can't. I'm torn between Nick Rewalt, who was Freddie Mercury, and the oh, Joker man. in Liam Picken. They were awesome. Oh. Cyril Rioli was one. You know why? <laughs> Cyril, he's, my boy. He's just picked up whatever he had on the bottom of his bedroom uh, floor and going, this is what I'm going to wear this oh, yeah. down the, down the side. Yeah. Genuine tradie, Cyril. Well done. How was the, how was the creativity of um, Brendan Favola, though? Right oh, did, that was my favourite. Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal. Pressure point. Pressure point. He really wanted Juddy He should have went down with Juddy. Oh, I should have met him at the bottom of the slide. Oh, that would have been funny. What a, what a great cause, though. Outstanding a million cause. bucks they raised for this. Um, Neil Danaher was there. I tell you what, inspirational. He should be all Australian of the year. Yeah, all Australian of the year. He's um to to keep fighting and keep out there promoting. You know, the, to fight a kill for MND. It's just fantastic. How much has he raised over the last five years? It's it's over fifty million bucks. Yeah. Oh my goodness, so that's a lot go. of cash. So I've got a, I've got an idea off the, off the top of my hat. Go on. Yeah. Grand, you're grand, not wearing a hat. <laughs> yeah, I have. Yeah, I have. It's, a, it's a very, it's a very good hat too. A hair pe- hat. Pe- 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 people can't see it at home. Um, should be done grand final day. Oh, it's yeah, better pre-game that. than two, what we've two, got. Now two, two a year. Ooh. Oh, another another Ooh. one. Yeah. Oh, I don't mind that. Yeah, yeah. Because I was going to say, get meatloaf to, and push him down. Oh, the <laughs> Hold his hand on that. If, if the pre-game entertainment's that. really bad, they go down the slide as well. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Down you go, guys. It's like the Romans in the in the um, in the Colosseum. They yeah. have the thumb up in the air or thumb down, and if you thumb down, you go down. You go down the slide. <laughs> that's great. That I, would be good. I, I, I'd tune in for that. Or maybe the old, you know, where you see at the show where someone sits down, and if you. Hit the target, bang. Bang, like it. 1,200 bags of ice they use. That's it's incredible. Wow. It's minus 12. I reckon you'd... <laughs> you'd... Well, I, I, I needed that after the, my run last week. <laughs> bloody fair dinkum. 96 minutes of the best. Jeez. Uh, now, we need to jump into one of the, probably the most ridiculous stories of the year. It's topping our headlines for a reason because it's just out of this world absurd. And someone stole my idea. And someone stole your idea. So, last, Dale, back over what you said last week, please, about what we should be calling umpires. Because well, they're not 
we're not green maggots. Yeah, well, the, the people got fined or banned or something for right. calling uh, the umpires green maggots, and I said, well, a maggot isn't green, so <laughs> call them something that's green, like a grasshopper or a slug <laughs> or, a or, frog. or a frog. <laughs> and lo and behold, it happened, Someone... and he got booted. <laughs> Didn't, Fair dinkum. Didn't quite call him a frog, but I pretty he close. Called him a, a flog, he called it? him a flog. Yeah, which is a Melbourne term for wanker, I'm pretty sure. Basically. Yeah. And so uh, the umpire got called that down the race, uh, what, after half time yeah, or something? Yeah, Ma- was it Nichols? Matt Nichols, Matt yeah. Nichols. Yeah, Matt Nichols. Walking down the race, half time. Just <laughs> fan just said, mate, you're a, you're a bald headed flog. <laughs> and he took obsession and he wanted him booted. Now, oh. what are we, where do we stand on this? He's been, he's fast. Been, he's been <laughs> it's an early fast for me. Unbelievable. I, 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 uh, one of my school teachers is was my music teacher, or used to be my music teacher. Um, he's a Sandful umpire and, and yeah. a heavily regarded Sandful umpire. I won't name him, but um, he's also got a bald head. And he actually... <laughs> he, he actually Good context. He, so, that, that, so that rounds it down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he actually said uh, on, on uh, during the week that, uh, you know, if, if, if he got... Um, you know, if a fan ever got picked out for calling him bored, there'd be no fans left in the entire stadium. So he doesn't get it. He thinks it's a complete farce as well. It's a joke. It's it, honestly, I can't believe how we've gotten to this point where you can you can't even call something out in the crowd. I mean, I understand abuse in any form is is not you know a great look, and we don't enjoy condoning that, but. I think there's a bit of common sense, isn't there? And we've just lost all ability to, to judge what isn't, isn't common sense. Well, I can uh, quote uh, today, tonight, and the current affair, and all that is political correctness gone yes. mad. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? It is. Madness. Well, what happens now? Where does it end? That's that's mm. Where's the end game for this? I, I don't know. Is well, it, you it, can't. It, well, that's what I mean. Is it going to get to the point where you can't even say uh, something negative towards another team, and all of a sudden you're turfed? But it, it, it doesn't matter as, if, if long as the person you're calling is aggrieved, um, you're, you're in the wrong. So 50% of the people are aggrieved at the end of one well, game. Exactly. <laughs> like, geez, you're a footy umpire and you, you reckon you're not going to get booed or, you yeah. know, called names? Shouting you're out, an umpire. Shouting out the great Trash Talk podcasts who, uh, who we like to listen to and they've referenced us once or twice before. Um, they like to refer to the NBL as not a cupcake league. <laughs> We're talking about the AFL. We are now a cupcake <laughs> league yeah. after this. It's just appalling how... St- I'm soft, really, this is. Just the most pathetic excuse of, of a band I've ever seen. In any right. I can't. I can't. Mm. I, I've been a, a basketball umpire um, throughout my teenage years. Mm. And uh, if I... Uh if I threw out uh, spectators that uh, called me names, jeez, <laughs> that'd be pretty empty grandstands. Yeah. I umpired yeah. a fair bit of footy in my time, and you get a fair bit of stuff. You just deal with it. It's it's you know there's there's nothing you know there's no racial motives or anything no, like that. Right. It, it, it's just it's it's beyond belief that this is it's got to this point. We're pretty uh, lightweight when it comes to this stuff, and jeez, we've got thin skins now. The umpires, oh. like come on, Nichols, <laughs> like come on, Nichols. Well, what about this? This is a story that's come out uh, today. The uh, Richmond Cheer Squad has urged the AFL to issue it with a list of phrases it can use at games oh, after please. a dramatic oh, escalation in the ejection of fans <laughs> oh, during matches. Oh, 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 bugger off. <laughs> that is ridiculous. So, so maybe that's sort of a, a little bit of an in here for the AFL record. They could have your, you know, your terms for the week. <laughs> Buy your record for five bucks and you can say, well, this week you can say X, Y, Z. If we A, ever B, get to C? that, if we ever get to that, I, I might as well end myself. That's just this, this should not be the way in this world. Can we move on to some stuff that actually makes sense? Uh, the Adelaide Crows um, played on the weekend. I'm going to call it 
their best win of 2019. They even said in the lead-up it's going to be their biggest game of the year, and they certainly stood up when it mattered. Yeah, it was a big game, massive game, and especially for some of their big stars to stand up as well. Tex Walker was massive. Um, you know, Rory Sloan was even bigger. Mm. So, you know, for both of their co-captains to have a big influence in the game, Tex taking that big mark in the last quarter and kicking that goal, it, it, I almost felt like, because a few minutes before that, he'd um, taken a mark outside of 50 and mm. he turned his back on the rest yeah. of his play. I thought, oh, no, he better kick this. And he missed it. But lucky, luckily, he was able to follow up a couple of minutes later and, and kick that. Uh, big goal. So, yeah, good win for the Crows. Those yeah. marks were unbelievable in that final 10 minutes or so. The, you know, Huey Greenwood and then Tex and then yeah. Rory doing his thing. And it, oh, it was just fantastic. The big names all combined. Then Eddie Betts. Eddie Betts in the final minutes when it was all over anyway said, I'll just turn on a bit of a on the spotlight on myself and just do what he does <laughs> in that little pocket. You might as well call the other pocket the Eddie Betts pocket because the other one doesn't doesn't get any action anymore. <laughs> no, it was so good. It was sort of all, it's all uh, left hand of left-hand side of screen, isn't mm. it, for Eddie? So it's sort of Eddie's half. Yeah, Eddie's half. Eddie's half. <laughs> Eddie's half of the Eddie's end. So, boys, uh, Riley O'Brien was massive. Yes. Massive. It was a coming of age for Riley O'Brien, mm. especially in that spot. Folks. H- hard to bring Sam Jacobs in. I know the Crows, they spoke last week that they said they were thinking about, and I spoke to Brody Smith, and they, they said that they're thinking about resting Sam, uh, bringing back Sam Jacobs for this round because of the short break, mm. resting Riley O'Brien, and then hopefully bringing him, swinging him back in. So I'm not sure if that's going to play out now that he's had such a good game. They might mm. want to keep that momentum. But Sam Jacobs and Riley O'Brien are both out of contract at the end of this year. I think the Crows now, after seeing what he's capable of, they have to offer him a long-term oh, deal. Do. And then they start putting Sam Jacobs on a one or two year as a backup. Mm-hmm. I think now they see where their future lies in their ruck stocks. Now they have to invest in it. Yeah, I totally agree. Riley O'Brien doesn't doesn't go out of the team for mine uh, at any stage. It doesn't matter if tech, um, not Tex, uh, Source, yep. <laughs> Source is getting uh, 150 hitouts and 30 disposals and five goals in yep. the sample. They're too bad. It's well, 104 super coach points for Riley O'Brien. You you you, you, do, you, do, you do not get a super coach ton and get dropped. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tip. So uh, if he gets dropped, he'll be uh, very stiff. But no, nah, he's uh, he's been. Uh, v- Dare I say it, Grundy esque with a few mm. of those, well, that, uh, few I mean. of those um, uh, clearances. But that's from the what I mean. You, you, you now look, the Crows have a serious, not a problem, but it's a good problem to have. Is mm. I think now they invest in Riley O'Brien. They forget about Grundy because they probably want to use that number one pick. And from what I know, there's a couple of good kids coming through. Yeah, um, Treaders has a column uh, Tuesday uh, morning in, in the Tizer, pretty much uh, saying that. Uh, the Grundy trade, uh, the Crows really had got to make a make up their mind, and uh, this kid Powell from from Oakley from the Oakley Chargers is uh, dubbed uh, another Rory Sloan. So, do you, do you so give up all these assets uh, for Brody Grundy, or do you trade, um, or do you draft in uh, this kid uh, Powell from? Uh, from Oakley and uh, hope he doesn't go home. Well, if you want to go for that guy, I don't think the Crows, well, the number one pick, and if you're holding it, I don't think the Crows will be going for that guy because right now they've got that many midfield options. It's silly to try and jump on another one, but I mean, forward thinking, sure. But at the end of the day, for the Crows right now, if you were to have, they're a little bit like the Golden State Warriors in that um, <laughs> they've got, they will have probably, if they go for Grundy, too many big options. They'll have three. And so one of them needs to sort of be that Andrew Bogut backup 
who'd just be fantastic to fill in if everything falls over, like Grundy and O'Brien fall over. There's your source, Jacobs. He's on your one-year yeah. deal, like yeah. you said, Jay. So that'd be perfect just to have as your third string right at the back, ready to go on you know that last-year deal. He, he can he can do that. And I think the Crows would be willing to make that happen. Sam Jacobs getting injured at the start of the year has been a blessing in disguise mm. because it's allowed Riley O'Brien to go out there... Sure, the first couple of games he was a bit shaky, but fair enough, he hadn't played in that sort mm. of form or in that um, environment for such a long time. So for him to come out now and string 10 games together, I think it is, and play against you know Max Gorn, play against some of the best ruckmen uh, in the country, you've you got to say, well, let's invest in him now. We've seen what he's capable of. Let's go down this path. And, oh. he, really, and he really should dominate against Richmond because yep. they've got no ruckmen at all mm. that are fit and ready to go. So he should uh, get another super coach ton. And I, yes. might, I might have to think about uh, actually uh, <laughs> getting, get him in the, Put him in. getting him into him my in. team. <laughs> They're called the fastest too. By <laughs> <the way. laughs> PH. Um, can we talk about another uh, the, off the football field for the Adelaide Crows? They've got um, a proposal in with, uh, I think it's the Adelaide City Council mm. in North Adelaide um, for their new facility to be built. Um, basically on the on the parklands where the aquatic centre currently is, mm-hmm. and that would be knocked down, obviously, if this goes ahead. Um, Jace, you've got a little bit of knowledge on what might be going ahead with this. Yeah, so it looks like the council will vote on this idea tomorrow. So the proposal for it is, uh, is in front of the council, and they'll uh, a vote, well, tomorrow's in, it would have happened today, but yep, so if, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> so they're, they're actually voting. So we'll know whether or not that plan is about to go ahead. But from what I know is that it's a $60 million uh, redevelopment of the Aquatic Centre. I know that the council has some issues with the, the, the dilapidation of the Aquatic Centre. They don't know how to fix it because they're going to have to invest a lot of money into it. Mm. All of a sudden, they have an elite sports team come along and says, you know, we want to use this site. Part of the agreement will be that the public will have access to certain parts, so there will be a swimming pool that the public can still access, albeit it won't be an aquatic centre, but there still be, will be uh, in a public arrangement where they can come, which will be great for fans. And I know that you know if they can somehow make this merger happen, this agreement happen, then you know the council wants you know the Adelaide Crows to be part of their part closer to the city. So I think it's probably going to be a win-win. Yeah, common sense move, and it yeah. just just really has to happen, doesn't it? So, uh, but uh, as I say, I keep saying it probably every second week. If it's common <laughs> sense, it usually doesn't happen. But uh, I think this one will, will get across the line purely because of the uh, magnitude of the organisation yeah. involved. I look forward to that coming across, and we can talk about the progressive side of that next week. And I must say, if it's not Pow from the Oakley Chargers, it's Rao. Oh, Rao. 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 So if people there Googling Pow, who's this Pow <laughs> dude? This it's not Pow, it's, uh, it's Rao. I'm glad you cleared that up for yes. us. Um, let's move into Port Adelaide region just briefly. Um, they had a bye over the weekend, mm-hmm. but we know a little bit about their players that came back um, playing sample. Yeah, big dicko. Come back and kicks five, boots five in the sample. Great to see the big man back out there. Ollie Wines. The, in the uh, prison mm. bars. <laughs> in the prison bars. First time. Very I, good. Went, I went and spoke to him, actually. It was uh, it was good to see him. I, um, I did a, we just went down there on Friday just to do a bit of a, a look live from uh, Alberton and we saw the boys running around. They only spent about, because it was their captain's run, they were running on the ground for about 20 minutes. Mm. But yeah, he looked good. He was kicking them from 50. Um, Bombs. It was just, yeah. <laughs> I honestly said to my camera, I hope it doesn't tear a hamstring. I'd be the worst thing. At least you have it on camera. We'd have it on film, but I'm like, I hope it doesn't tear it. He's doing 60 metre bloody talks. That's the power fan in you saying, don't do it, don't do it. Really, the cameraman's going, I want it to. So it's good to see him back the prison bars. Had a big influence on the weekend. And then, of course, Ollie Wines had a big game as well and had 30 touches. So 
So Fremantle they, they had, on the they, weekend? They had almost 6,000 people at Albert and Oval too. Did they? Yes. Wow. It was a Massive. huge It was a huge crowd. I, I thought about going down uh, Saturday on uh, my day off to take my son down. And then I lived just across the road or down across the, the main road there from, from Albert and Oval. And uh, I thought, oh, I'll just go down. And then... Yep. Car started parking my street. I went, ooh. ooh. This, this, <laughs> is, this, this, for a this is early <laughs> mid nineties type. This is a large crowd. I might just steer clear. And then I, then I saw uh, six thousand. I went, wow. yes, that's a yeah. sensational crowd. Fantastic for Sandful Footy nowadays. Um, so Fremantle on the weekend. That's mm-hmm. Saturday afternoon. What do we expect to see team wise? Well, in saying that, I just gave the boys a big pump up. I reckon they'll get rested. I don't okay. think they'll they'll take them over. And the reason is is because. The hard surface at Optus Stadium. It, they have a really hard deck over there, and I know that the Eagles are really reluctant to train on that deck because it's caused so many ankle injuries. Buddy Franklin was a victim on that oval, um, so I think they will want to give them another week off. Hamish Hartlett had a, a pretty ordinary day anyway, um, and he's coming back from obviously the hamstring and, and the knee reconstruction. Mm-hmm. So I think they'll rest him to, to bring him back over when he has a game at home. And the same with Ollie Wines. I don't think there'll be any, any rush to bring him back. Yeah, it makes sense for all three to play in the Sandful again. They play, uh, Maggie's play Norwood on Sunday uh, at, at Alberton. Because they got home today, just, just yeah, like just. points. Yeah, just. Um, so uh, they get a run around on their on their home deck at, uh, at Alberton and the 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 twenty two that played in China I don't think uh, any of them deserve to uh, to fall out so uh, give them a cracker uh, against Frio and uh, if they come up short there's uh, some uh, some uh, well let's just say a lot a lot of horses in the stable to come back in <laughs> exactly, exactly it's a good situation to be in certainly no doubt about it um, let's move into uh, some territory which look this is going to take um, the entire uh, country by storm this week the AFL score review now. I know this has been done to death this for the last couple of weeks and probably will be again this week, so I apologise in advance for you <laughs> listeners, but we want to just go over this briefly. A third example on Friday night is absolutely embarrassing, isn't it, for the, for the competition that they can't get this thing right. It was another howler, absolute howler. It was uh, Jack Higgins kicks a big goal. Well, anyway, it looks like a goal, and they, all of a sudden they call it a point, and, and it goes to a score review. They have three cameras set up, right? Mm. And none of them, there's three cameras. And it doesn't look like the the ball. And and last week, sorry, I'll interject. The, and last week we talked about the gradings of the different grounds mm. and how much camera technology they have set up at these grounds. Grade one, mm. tier one in their technology is is all at the MCG and Marvel Stadium. So they're playing at one of the two grounds in the entire competition, which are loaded with the best camera angles. And they still big, couldn't get it right. And the two biggest howlers are at the G. Oh, it's absolute. Honestly, another farce early on the first twenty minutes of the podcast. But wow, taking a few for me. It cannot. Be, I cannot believe how we just have this system set up and we continue to let it play out. Jared Whateley said on AFL 360 Monday night that basically they need to just cut it right now for the rest of the year. There's no. There's no way they can let it go through to the end of the year. They have to either invest in the proper technology to get it right, get the call right, or scrap it. There's no point in having a system that's broken and then us going through. Imagine if this happens on a grand final day. It'll be... Well, it did. That's how it come in. The, well, Tom, the Tom Hawkins it, it, um, goal that yeah. shaved the post. Even Virat Kohli would have walked with that sneak. But uh, <laughs> um, that, it's come in and it's... Yeah, it's, 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 it's turned into a, it's turned into a fast. But there was a good one um, during the Crows game. The, yes, the Snicko, Snicko, Snicko yes. came in. And so, how good's that? Because this is a perfect example where we need a Snicko. Did it hit the post? That's the that's the question. Mm. That's what they asked on Friday night. They didn't even pull that out. I mean, 
it just makes no sense. I just hate how they had three different camera views and they mm. couldn't get it right. And then they dictate the score. They said, yep, it's a point. And then all mm. of a sudden they go to the fourth view and it's just sailing through. The, how come the there's middle? a fourth view available <laughs> after the review? <laughs> like, just to fight oh. all the logic. I didn't understand it. I think. I think it all went wrong for this system, though, when they said about a year or so ago, they need to be more efficient. They need to be quicker. We can't have the game held up for a long, long time. We were getting them probably 75% correct the first time it came in, and we yeah. thought, this is okay. We can we can do with the odd one that stuffs up. But ever since they went to, we need to be quicker, and they're trying to do it within 30 seconds, 20 yeah. seconds, now we're getting really, really stinky results. Yeah, I think it's been 11 weeks in a row. I mm. think, honestly, there's been a score review blunder for mm. the last 11 weeks. And do you feel, watching a game uh, on the TV, that if there hasn't been a score review, that uh, they'll pull one out of the blue just to get a bit of, you know, ad space? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you really? Yeah, well, I reckon, I reckon yeah, if you go, I'll bet you that oh, at least, I'd say, 90% of games have at least one It's sc- umpire-driven, sc- though. It's not review. like it's someone in a box who just presses a button and goes, oh, hold up the game, I'm going to look at this. It's it's the umpires, so if mm. they aren't sure, they'll, they'll make a... They'll make a call on it. Those damn green frogs. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move into the, uh, actually, something else that's green. Tasmania. They've got themselves a footy team potentially coming into the AFL. Where where is it being situated? We've been been talking about this for a while. We we don't know where it's going to be situated yet, and we don't know which if if it's overtaking another team. So the details are at the moment that uh, Tasmania will be competing in the VFL in 2021. Apparently that's fact, right? That's what's being reported at the moment. Now... In this situation, there's two options. The AFL are able to give them a 19th licence, or if they're able to give them one, Mm -hmm. they will probably have a team as late as 2026 um, with a 19th AFL licence. Otherwise, if it's a team like North Melbourne or the Gold Coast, which are probably the two front runners at the moment, to having to be rebranded for some reason, uh, which would be remain to be seen, they could have a team in the AFL as early as 2022. So at the moment, there is a lot of potential for this all to happen in the next decade, uh, Tasmania in the AFL. Can I just say straight away, I hate the idea of having 19 teams in this competition because that means we have a bye week every week. There's a bye week now. What do you mean? No, so three every, weeks of bye. One team misses one out. One team misses out every week. Yeah. So yeah. where's the other team based and how do we deal with another two teams in the competition who are well, maybe a, startups. Maybe they said 2026 because they're thinking about expanding the league even further with another team. So If there's going to be 19, there'll be 20. Yeah, that's what I mean. Talent pool thins out again, and we're already yeah. struggling a little bit. Struggling a lot, really. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, that- so is it really okay? Well, or should, or should well, we be I, looking I, at a rebrand for, for one of the clubs that just aren't working? Which club would you suggest? Well, I'm not suggesting. It's just these are the reports as North Melbourne and the Gold Coast are on the table. As potential front runners for that, I don't see the I don't see the AFL pulling out of the Gold Coast anytime soon. I, Neither I, do I. Yeah, I think they're invested into the long term for the Gold Coast, and I think Gill has even come out and said that they're invested into the long term. Mm. And I think they're uh, now they're sort of starting to make some a little bit of headway down that way, especially when the Neefel, um in that area and being able to recruit more local players. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Tasmania are stuck a little bit here because I can't see them bringing into a 19-team competition unless they go the extra mile and, and bring in the 20th team as well. And that could be up in the, your old stomping ground. Northern Territory. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, and they and it's a footy state, you know, Absolutely. and they love their footy up there. So th- that might be the way they're going. Again, it, it just depends about money. And that's what this mm-hmm. is. It's all driven by is money. And if they can afford to have a team up in the NT. 
No, they do, well, definitely will. If they can spend money and make a team in the Gold Coast, then the, the, mm. all the infrastructure is already there in Darwin. So mm. um, uh, I can see I can see Darwin happening. Uh, it, could, it could happen next year. It, it's all there, ready to go. It just it just needs all the. Is bo- that the NT the Thunder? You reckon that would make the the AFL team? Oh, well, it'll be you know it'd be something like that. Yep. You know, it um, it'll definitely be that design and that 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 colours. Yeah, that, that's that's what uh, the territory mm-hmm. are known for and. Uh, They'd have a pretty good uh, ambassador if they come in next year, and they'd uh, probably have Cyril too. <laughs> I, th- I know that Tasmanians are really keen on just having their own team. So if they're yeah. going to want, it, they're going to be bullish about it. They'll mm. want that nineteenth license. They won't want North Melbourne, which I find would be ridiculous for them to even again like once. What ten years ago they were talked about going to the Gold Coast for them to actually backflip and say, "Nah, stuff it will go now to somewhere else, Tassie," and re- that would just be silly. But they wouldn't want to do that. I don't think. No. Uh, and I don't think Tasmania would want that either. So in the end, I reckon it would probably be another eight-year process. You'd be looking at 2026 to 2030. Uh, yeah. 2030 um, by the time you're probably looking at a Tassie team because they'll play in the VFL for from 2021 onwards for a little bit. They'll play for a few years, and then I reckon the AFL will make a move. Uh, well, the best people to ask it all Fitzroy fans whether they like uh, the Brisbane Lions. And it probably helps that uh, Brisbane Lions won three premierships in a row. Exactly. But uh, mm. you know, do, do do you want your club to fold, or do you want your club to get to rebranded? Probably so, us as South Melbourne fans as well, and yeah. South Melbourne as well. Yeah. So. Very true, very true. Um, speaking of uh, new things, a new logo is being touted at the AFL House. What do we think? Do we need a new logo? <laughs> and and I'll tell you this as some added context: they're looking at throwing six figures at it. Six figures. Six figures at a for, new for logo. A logo. Just hope, for someone to draw up well, a logo. They might be at a. Uh, well, oh. I hope it's not the same like they did the uh, SA logo. <laughs> They'd be up for one point three. Oh, one point three mil for the sample logo. <laughs> no, no, it was that. Oh, the that, SA, that, sorry, SA, SA logo. Yeah, yeah, oh, SA. SA logo. Oh, What's wrong wow. with just a microphone? Like, yeah. um, bang. Cost me nothing to put our logo together. <laughs> there we go. Bit of hours. maybe. A bit, a bit, a bit of clip art. That's right. <laughs> Be cheaper from just a high you mate. Just a little footy, yeah. Now, what, what do we think? The AFL, do we need a new logo? Do we really need it? Yeah, if they're paying for it, it won't, you know. No. Put this money towards I, grassroots or something proper. I do. Or a score of you bloody oh, technology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe some more green frogs. Maybe. Um, I did like in the 80s where every club logo was sort mm. of the same. Yeah. I did like that. Old, so old I reckon style, if they yeah. if they spend six figures... All the clubs should get sort of the same oh, makeover. Yes. Ooh, I don't know if we're heading in that direction. No, I don't think. No, we're no, we're no. I'm just saying. You know, <laughs> if, that, if you're going to be ridiculous and spend that money, Although, you may as well be ridiculous and come up with a ridiculous idea. It's funny you say that because I know if the AFL are going to do this, they're not going to spend a whole lot of money into something that's brand new that's never been seen. But I reckon they will go back and try and find their roots a little bit. Mm. There might be that sort of shield design back in again, which mm. would be kind of great because we love that old school footy look. Um, but I don't see why we need to be throwing so much money at a new logo when the current one's fine. I don't think... It doesn't feel outdated. doesn't look outdated. No. doesn't look like it. I mean, and the NBA and the NFL, like these are the big leagues over in America. Mm. They Their logo's never going to change, is it? Like it's just the traditional look. I don't think we need to be going changing our, our our trademark. I just hope that the AFL don't copy the NBA or the NFL. I just hope they don't. It's getting a little too Americanized now for yeah. mine. Wild card weekends and all mm. the everything. Those are, please don't get like you know. They might put a Chinese letter on it just to get to more, oh, more yeah. Shanghai. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Two different logos. Definitely make it adaptable. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you can make it adaptable, but please don't do you know like a. 
like the Jerry West NBA, please don't do oh. go along. If it goes like that, that would be a farce. We haven't mentioned it yet, but Tom Rain is coming up very soon. He is one of the best blokes in media. You have to stick around and listen to him. He is absolutely hilarious, and he's got some great stories. So we'll be catching up with him very shortly, in about 15, 20 minutes' time, or we'll just skip ahead. But obviously, we've got lots to talk about still. The World Cup. Oh. This is taking us by storm. The, the ICC Cricket World Cup in, in England. I can't get enough of this. I'm up every night. I was, I was up last night. I was a Late night. I was a bit flat. Yeah, it was. It was a bad <laughs> night last night. Well, Australia. Night before, well, night before if you're listening to this now. Yep. But yeah, 36 runs. Um, yeah, it wasn't the, the best showing. Geez, our bowling attack sunk a little bit. And that's mm. sort of, they, they got off the, the ground. They started really well, India. Showed how thin um, we were in the bowling stocks though, didn't it? Yeah, Zampi didn't do a whole lot, mm. which wasn't great. But, you know, props to him. Um, the, the stumps were a bit of an issue. Yes. Can we talk about the zing bales a little later? In a little bit of fast, maybe? That's a, that's a, that's a, yeah. Probably, hold, probably hold. would have lost by more. So uh, thank, <laughs> thank you to the Stumps for making the score look respectable. But uh, How much of the cricket have you been watching, Dale? Uh, not much at all, to be uh, quite frank. Um, but I did uh, catch up with, uh, I know Adam Zampa didn't bowl all that well. Yes. Um, maybe it was what was in his pocket. Oh, please. Oh, come uh, on. Now. Didn't that just go... Absolute bunter for about oh I got in, I got in, got into work this morning I went oh <laughs> and for any player just had to be Adam Zampa just yeah. had to be the local I was like oh it could have been anyone else <laughs> and then they're like oh he's done a Cameron Bancroft and I'm like oh dear let's have a look at this and so went, for those who oh, haven't caught up me. social media went into an absolute frenzy because uh, Adam Zampa preparing to bowl. He's uh, just put his hand in his pocket and he's just gone and you know, rubbed the ball and then put his hand back in his pocket and then gone in to deliver the delivery. And some people online have gone, what's going on here? Filmed it, put it up, and st- people start asking, asking questions. The Juno even decided at the presser to ask Aaron Finch, the skipper, uh, what happened. And this is what he said. I haven't seen the photos, but I know that he has hand warmers in his pocket. He has them every single game he plays. So... I honestly haven't seen them, so I can't comment too much on it. But I know for a fact that he has hand warmers every game. So hand warmers were in his pockets. That's all it was. <laughs> That's all it was. I think, now the, the Australian team, they can't escape the cameras anymore. Yeah. I think no matter what happens, they're always going to be fixated on the slightest little thing that happens because of the incident. Mm. Poor, poor blokes, though. They can't, yeah. get, can't do anything they can't anymore. can't shake it. You can't have your hand in your pocket anymore without people asking questions. That just sucks. But... Hand warmers on a cricket field? I mean, what's going on there? That, that, that was going to be my strange. little bit of a lunch, a little side parcel of hand yeah. warmers. Come on. Oh, <laughs> it's not helping I tell you what I did like, though, was that Virat Kohli came and went into bat for Steve Smith. He told his own supporters that, you know, they wanted, he wanted him to stop sledging him and, and uh, start clapping him. And I think one of the, uh, the reporters asked about that in the, uh, the presser. I think what's what's happened has happened like long back. The guy's back, you know, he's trying to play well for his side. Even in the IPL, I saw him. It's not good to see someone down like that, to be honest. I mean, we've had issues in the past. We've had a few arguments on the field, but you don't want to see a guy, you know, feeling that heat every time he goes out to play. What's happened has happened. Everyone's known that he's come back, he's worked hard, he's playing well for his side now. And I felt bad because if I was in a position where... You know, something had happened with me and I had apologised, I accepted it and I came back and still I would get booed. I wouldn't like it either. So I just felt for him and I told him I'm sorry on behalf of the crowd because I've seen that happen in a few earlier games as well and in my opinion that's not acceptable. I liked Virat Kohli before this. Now I just think he's what a person and what a mm. player that he is. He's, you know, not, not only is he the best batsman in the world, he's also gone in and, and taken the crease for, you know, someone that's down and... Mm. And, you know, really shown a, a true character. 
Yeah, it was all class, wasn't it? Um, I, I've got to admit, I don't think he was. He's ever my favourite cricketer in the, uh, before then. But last night, just hearing that, I thought, no, nah, that's a true sportsman, and yeah. that's brilliant. We like to see that, and opposition have respect for each other, and especially after such a look. Let's be honest, a disgraceful incident by our Australian players. Oh, yeah. You know, to to finally have forgiven them, and uh, we can all see the lighter side, and the crowd sort of have given some boos here and there, and geez, that's going to happen throughout the World Cup. We know that, and every team wants their yeah. chance to do that to them. Yeah. And just sort of give, dish it out to the Aussies, but it'll soon be forgotten. But Coley's standing up from in the moment, and he's not having a bar of it, which is great. Yeah, it was pretty hard to boo him now, wouldn't it? Mm. After, after yeah. that, uh, it was like a public enemy number one, but yeah. uh, now it's like, oh, geez, uh, Virat Coley. Well, what a, what <laughs> what a great bloke, top yeah. bloke. It was like uh, that moment oh, where... I'll buy him a beer. Yeah, it was almost <laughs> like that moment when Nathan Buckley stood up for uh, Pendles after he was getting yes. booed. Yeah. And, and, you know, as soon as that happens... So it was like, oh, I can't boo that person anymore. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know. So that's the same feeling I sort of had after that. Oh, f- oh, I hope he makes 100 now. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday, I hope he got out for a duck. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about the, the Aussies a little bit. Um, obviously, they're two wins, one loss at the yeah. moment. And the fourth loss in the last 44 games. So it's pretty rare. For World Cup, wow. only four losses in the last forty-four. Oh, for Australia, World wow. Cup matches. Yeah, nice. we are, we have had some very good form in the past, no question. And the first loss chasing since nineteen ninety-nine. Wow, we, we also gave up our worst um, total as well, something like three hundred. Yeah, but it was on a, a yeah. postage stamp. And then, yeah. and then you, you, you was, and I what, could have made three fifty. What on was that? with Warner taking so long to get off the mark? Forty-eight dot balls, was it? Yeah. Oh, he's trying to get settled. If he's look, Aaron so Finch. Slow, yeah, Aaron, like, Aaron Finch was the scorer at the at the other end. So he at the start of his innings, he did, he just let Aaron Finch do the job. Yes, when he got right. run out, then it was a bit like, oh, now I've got to get into my innings, and it's again took some time, and he got going, but got out as well. So mm. it's a bit hard to judge him on that when he's just letting his partner do the job when he's in form. But um, that, that's just cricket. Um, one catch though that we saw uh, against the West Indies was just uh, unbelievable. We've seen two great. Catches so far in the World Cup. Ben Stokes for England, but then this one by Sheldon Cottrell um, was just unbelievable. Stuck one mid out. I think he was almost over the boundary when he took it, threw it back in, took it, took the catch clean, and oh, unreal. Which one was better? Ben Stokes or Sheldon Cottrell? No, Ben Stokes is a very, 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 very long way second. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Absolute. Cottrell's for mine as well. Cottrell yeah. had, 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 yeah. had skill, had poise, had presence of mind. Yeah. Ben Stokes has stuck his mid up and it stuck. Yeah. Like the Cottrell had all the skill. He had as well. Had yeah. all the skill in the world, and it reminded me of Ben Lachlan's catch where oh, in the yes, Big Bash yes. where... Oh, he, that's right. Weather, he caught it. And Jake Weatherall. And then yeah. he threw, the it claim. To, threw it to Weatherall or the other way around. So, But uh, Cottrell did all of that by himself. So mm. that's, uh, yeah, that's nearly better than Booney's catch for the Shane Warne hat-trick, but not No, quite. but the call was the best ever. <laughs> not quite. <laughs> you cannot top that you call by Tony Greg. Um, we're slowly getting closer to Tom Wren. Stick around. We've got him coming up shortly and pass it fast. Don't miss that. Um, the, the just be- skip ahead. The best, seg- just, the best just, segment in all podcasts. Absolutely. Just skip ahead. But, but you can't, we, we have to make mention before we do any of that. The party... That was Ash Barty. She just lit it up over in France. I've got a hangover. Oh, have you? <laughs> too, much, too much Barty party. <laughs> he, oh, she was phenomenal the whole way through the French Open. You almost had a feeling halfway through that she had what it took, and she made sure she kept on that feeling. She had the, the most dreamest draw ever. She played uh, um, the the girl who knocked out Serena Williams, and then she played yep. the girl who knocked out Simona Halep. It was yep. like, 
it, it's all it's all up. it's all coming up Millhouse. Yeah. Uh, you have to you have to win it now. If you if you didn't if if she didn't uh, win the final, this would have she been. She almost bottled it in the semi final. Oh, the semi final. <laughs> I got I got a story here. The semi final was Thursday Thursday night. Yes. Yeah, Thursday yeah. night. I'm like, yes, she's uh, playing at six thirty. I said, we'll we'll get it in the country edition of the advertiser. Yep. The, the, that prints at eight o'clock. Oh, e- either way, either way, it's done. <laughs> Five love up in the first. I went, oh, here we go, and just redesigned <laughs> right, the page. Right, yeah, written it. Looked up, lost the tiebreak. I said, you're that is. I said, <laughs> farce. It's, no, it's not a farce. It's, it's the worst Sam Stozer impersonation. Oh, <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, oh, you're a disgrace. And then she was four, four one or three one down in the mm. second. I went, all right, well, we'll get it in anyway because she's out. And I said, yep, yep, she she'll be out. Yep, this and that, you yep, know, sort of out. Yep. Um, Left, uh, went home, got home. She won. And I was like, fair, fair <laughs> dinkum. So, uh, so hang on, did the story you have to change before print? Yeah, so the, con- the country folk uh, unfortunately got a story about <gasps> no- Novak Djokovic. Oh, okay. And all the Metro readers got to read about the party party. Fantastic. So. And it just only got got better. Um, speaking of kings of the clay, um, yes. our very own Dylan Alcott ended up winning on the wheelchair. Fantastic result for him. And uh, Rafa Nadal just does, does what he does every year and just took another title. Yeah, well, the the, the king of clay, Nadal, my, uh, my wife will be extremely happy. Uh, She'd be fan. Yeah, massive fan. So, uh, <laughs> massive fan of uh, Nadal. But uh, how's this? He's lost two games, two matches out of his last 95 at the French Open. So he's 93 and, <gasps> 93 and two. No. So it's, it's a fair record. And uh, yeah, 12th, uh, 12th Grand Slam uh, at, at the French Open. So uh, Goodness me. I think uh, I think he'll catch Federer. He's two behind um, now, and uh, he just have to wheel out every French Open for the next ten yep. years. He'll probably win eight of them. So, um, so yeah. How no, old is no, he now? He's got to be mid thirties. Yeah. Late 30s. So, but uh, yeah, but it's yeah, he's a machine. He, he is a machine. Yeah. He just has to roll up at French Open every year. He doesn't have to play That's anything right. else. Just no, get himself else. primed for it, and yeah. he'll win them all. Yeah. Let's go into something that is definitely your territory, Dale. Team USA are coming to Australia in August. Yes. We know how exciting this is. Now, this week, this very week, so when you're listening right now, if it's late in the week, it may have already been named, but so far on a Monday night, Tuesday morning when you're listening, it's yet to be named the Team USA squad mm. who will be coming here. So, Dale, I want to know mm. which NBA superstars are coming onto our shore to play at our boomers. Well, uh, there's uh, Anthony Davis for number one. Mm. He's in. He's in. The uh, monobrow. Monobrow. The uh, the Laker or the Pelican or the New York Nick or wherever he, wherever he ends up. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he might end up at Melbourne United. Never oh. know. Um, but uh, James Harden. James oh. Harden. In. The chef. Yep. yep. Donovan Mitchell, the spider, Utah oh, Jazz. How good is he? Him, uh, him, and uh, Joe Ingles might, might talk a little bit of uh, good. trash there on the on the on. Apparently, on the court there. Donovan Mitchell's been FaceTiming Joe Ingles at two a.m. Yes. last week. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get enough of him. He's like, bro, just get your time, yeah. time, uh, <laughs> time worked out. And uh, and Kemba Walker. Yeah, nice. Kemba Walker. So he's another free agent. So there's some great names locked in. So there's four mm. that are guaranteed. Coming. Guaranteed. And Greg Popovich, Spurs coach. Yeah, coach coming Pop- in. is the coach. Yeah. Awesome. Taking over from uh, Mike Shashevsky. So if you can uh, if anyone can uh, tweet in how to spell Shashevsky. Yep. 
you might win a prize that we don't have. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it's very hard. It's very hard. What's to start with? Don't Google. <laughs> What's to start with? Yeah. Doesn't start with Chef. I'll give it up to you. His nickname's Coach K. So there's a, there's a oh, guess. Coach K. <laughs> but uh, who's in the mix though? Who do we think? Who, who else is going to join those guys? Well, you um, the the guys or. Involved in the NBA Finals still haven't put their hand up or down, but because uh, there's think, a training camp at the moment, isn't there? Yes, yeah, there is. So uh, you think uh, from the NBA Finals, like you think uh, Kawhi Leonard, mm. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Dr- Draymond Green, maybe Boogie, maybe, okay. maybe, maybe not. But uh, I think uh, Lamarcus Aldridge will mm-hmm. will be coming. Yep. Uh, Andre Drummond will definitely come from Detroit. Yep. Uh, but then there's uh, Damien Lillard. Damien from... Lillard. Oh, Damian I can't Lillard. wait to see him in the yes. flesh. And uh, it's it's interesting there that there's two notable absentees: Russell Westbrook and oh. uh, Paul George. So they've uh, spat, not spat, not interested. Spat the dummy. So right. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't a... want to see Westbrook anyway. My brother would have loved to see him as his favourite player. <laughs> <laughs> but you... uh, it'll it'll be interesting. I think I actually think Australia will win will win one of the games. Mm. Ooh, at be... least one of the that'd games. That'd be nice. Yeah. We only have two. Yeah. Um, I think uh, a, a team will always beat a a champion team will always beat mm. a, te- a team, te- of team, team of champions. So um, uh, should, uh, Australia uh, should have beaten them at. In Rio, uh, Kyrie yep. Irving just uh, went off and yeah. uh, in the last quarter and won by about five or six. So, mm. being in Australia, yeah, I reckon we'll win at least. I was going to say trader. Trader. That'll come to back and bite us. I can uh, I can see that his name isn't on this list, so he's no, scared. He's not either. He, he doesn't want to come home. Yeah, Zion so, Williamson. So, so he's a real true blue. Zion Williamson's been reported. He's at the camp. He's part of the mix. He he might be coming as well, which would wow. be huge if we get to see him first, basically on the on the pro circuit, which would be awesome. Yeah, he might be involved in the World Cup then. It could be. It would probably be. It would be the first uh, college player since uh, Christian Leitner in the in the dream team. Wow, because that's he cool. wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be actually played in the NBA yet. So, just off topic, uh, Joey Wright came out in the week. I think he had a, an interview with one of the other media organisations mm-hmm. here. Said that he's going to honour his contract for the, the remainder of his contract, which right. I think is another couple of years. He also said that he's open to Harry Froling leaving and going and spending that time over here. I know that he's training with a couple of teams, NBA teams at the moment. He really wants to pursue that NBA dream. To our NBL basketball um, expert. expert, what do you Insider. think about, um, one, Harry Froling? Do we, does he stay around? Or where are we at with Wiley? That's what I'm interested in. Wiley? No, Wiley's gone. We, gone. We've said yeah, that a few weeks now, haven't gone. we? Yeah. He, he's gone, and, and I, I wouldn't expect Harry Froling running around the entertainment centre either. He yeah. was at the, what, Minnesota training camp, wasn't he? That's the one. Uh, Minnesota, I think it was. Yeah, uh, so he'll, he'll, he'll either get drafted, which will be sensational, um, and then he'll go the G League route, or he'll go the um, the G League route anyway. I reckon he'll go the Mitch Creek path. Yep. 10-day yeah. contracts and that this stuff. This year, um, get a G League deal and... and you got to be under under the eye. You can't, even though the NBL is getting all this exposure. Yeah, uh, I don't think uh, playing for the Thirty Sixes is going to cut it. I think I got the team wrong. There was an NBA team anyway that he was training with. It might not have been Minnesota. Oh, he's, he's been to he's been to a couple yeah, a lot. Of yeah, okay, well, there you <laughs> he, go. He's, he's I mean, he's going to nearly get a singlet from every. Good, day. Oh, that's that's good. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's got he's, as long as his foot's in the door, and that's great news for him. And we want to see him do well, but we also love him here. Shame we won't be able to. Speaking of NBL, just quickly before we start moving on toward Tommy Wren, um, I've heard your mm. team Melbourne United yes. have been just the real team. 
Yeah, your team, not not the real team. They, they've been, yeah, they're, well, at least their board, their mm-hmm. board members have been putting a little quiet whisper word into mm-hmm. the ears of some of the past NBA greats and very close to, oh, it's not past. Freshly much retired. Freshly retired is the perfect terminology. Mm-hmm. Some of the like of D. Wade. Dwayne Wade. And yes. maybe even Carmelo Anthony. Mm-hmm. What's uh, what's going on there? They want to come to the NBL. Doing Don't their, think so. Their- my uh, Melbourne United boys doing their due diligence. Why would they do that? As why, if they're going to do that. Why not? Why would Dwayne Wade, after the the, the send off he's had in, in America, want to come and play in Australia? They'd have to give him a team, I reckon. Yeah, it would. <laughs> <laughs> this is yours from now on. You come yeah. play around, it's your team. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll call we'll, it Wade United. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd buy, I'd buy yeah. a jersey. Um, <laughs> Well, you got to ask the question. You just, you just never know, and it, it all stems from the Andrew Bogut route that's happened this mm. year. So he's played a full season of the NBL. It's, it's got to the the trade deadline. Just after the trade deadline, the NBL season finishes, mm-hmm. wraps up. You can uh, teams can sign um, uh, a, a free agent right up for a playoff push. You know they're nice and fresh. They haven't played the eighty-two game season. They've only played you know the last fifteen or twenty so, and they'd be cherry ripe. And to have Dwayne Wade cherry ripe around uh, April or late April into May mm. um, doesn't seem like a bad idea. The Matildas in the World Cup as well losing on Sunday. I can't remember when the next game is. I think it's later in this week anyway. Um, not a great start from them, even though they, I think they were 1-0 up at the, yeah. the first half. Yeah, Kerr kicked a, uh, a penalty. Well, it was a penalty that got saved and then she was able to bounce off the keeper and she was able to put it back into the, into the net. So and what the hell? We're meant to win this whole thing and we can't even win Italy, game one. Italy's got another one on us again. So oh. it just got reverts back to 06. <laughs> yeah, there was a little, a little bit of uh, Lucas Neal about yeah. uh, the, uh, Not happy. the last the last goal. But uh, yeah, 1-0 up after 20-odd minutes and then, uh, then to... Uh, to lose 2 1 was 95th, 95th minute. 95th Jeez. minute. Heartbreaking. All right, Jeez. boys. We need a lot of they energy. They didn't look like, they didn't look threatening either. That, that, no. was, that was a problem. They didn't look threatening, and then they, you know, Italy got a run on and were able to maximise in the last minute, really. Well, they were reckless, weren't they, with possession? Yeah. Didn't hold it the way they should be, mm. and, and they just let it go. So, But, geez, the uh, the shirts look good, though. Oh, look, <laughs> mate. Look, mate, that's debatable. <laughs> hey, we need a lot of energy, okay? Because oh, Tom, Ren, Tom Ren is about to step into the studio here, and he is a man full of, uh, oh, gee, more energy than anyone has ever seen. So prepare for one of the more entertaining chats we've had on the press box. He is loaded, and he's going to tell us some good stuff. So stick around, Tom Ren. Well, we've got a very special guest as we do each week on the press box, and this week it's none other than Channel Nine's and uh, Five AA's very own uh, Tom Ren. Welcome to you, Tommy. Thank you, Tuggers. Thank you, boys. Uh, great to be on board and finally catch up. Now we we love you. Your personality just it's it's bigger <laughs> than your body. It's all um, fake. It really <laughs> Tell us about it. Um, you love the media so much, and you do basically you're on it every single minute of every single day. How do you stay so happy and so involved with with your job? Well, my wife hates it when I get home, so she wants me out of the house as much as she possibly can, so that's got a bit to do with it, Um, but she's very supportive, you know, so that makes a big difference, you know, got a young family, um, so having that support's important, but I think as well, and I'm sure you guys who are working it find the same, the more you do, um, the more opportunity there is, so I find that doing radio helps the TV stuff, helps doing a bit of MC stuff, a bit of calling. Um, it's hard yakka and, mm. you know, we all work in it and people 
glamorise it a lot from outside, but it's, as you guys know, bloody hard work at times. And we get paid pretty well, but we don't get amazing money. So to make a decent clip, you've got to do a few things. And I just figure... While I'm fit enough and ugly enough and stupid enough to do it, <laughs> try and make hay while the sun shines. Now, you're pretty modest. You are the hardest working person <laughs> in are. the industry. I'm led to believe that you recently had a, a bit of a crook spell where, in fact, that you were calling something, you decided to duck into hospital and then go out and call another sport. Yeah, oh. so a few weeks ago, I um I was really crook and, you know, just had that really acute abdominal pain and... I just went, I'm, I'm no good. So I was complaining, you know, like a man flu. I said to the missus, I, I can't do this. And she said, go to hospital. I'm sick of you complaining. So <laughs> I, I, went on, I went on the Friday night into the Wakefield and then woke up Saturday morning and I had to call the netball the next day for nine and the showdown that night for um, Croc Media. So yeah. I thought, I can't I can't pull out at this stage because they, wouldn't, they, they didn't have another commentator for the netball in Adelaide. So I said to the nurse, I said, look, I've got to get out of here. And I was pretty high on um, the morphine at that stage and the, <laughs> and the antibiotics. And he said, Tom, if you have to come back, his name was Rick, 60-year-old fella, great bloke. Yeah. He said, if you've got to come back, no dramas. You won't get charged again because it's the same condition. I said, mate, she'll be fine. About an hour later, I thought, Rick was right. I shouldn't have bloody left. Anyway, <laughs> like, halfway through the netball game, I was in absolute agony. By the time the footy game finished, I was calling with Kim Dillon, I was almost crying. I was in that much pain. Anyway, that night I went back, or the next morning actually I went back, and Rick was there again, and he said, probably shouldn't have left, should you? I said, nah. Get me the, get me the morphine. Load me up. So that was a stupid decision, so you can be dumb about it. But uh, you pulled through, uh, uh, unlike someone else here, who oh. just uh, <laughs> called, in a, Come called, on, called, in, called in the sick card. But... Uh, how do you switch off? Because personally, for me, I find it very hard to switch off. Yeah, you you think you're going to miss something, but uh, how do you actually turn the turn the switch off? I think probably the kids. You know, that's really mm. important. You know, just immersing yourself in their world. And the good thing is, I'm pretty mature, as you guys know. So <laughs> it's easy for me to do that um, to be on their level or them rise up to my level. Uh, yes. <laughs> but then I try and do a bit of running, indoor soccer once a week. I'd like to play more golf, um, but. As you know, time is the toughest thing. Um, but I think as well, Fletch, because I love it, I can lose myself in sport. And I reckon that's the key with any job. You know, mm. if you love what you do, um, and I love sport, like I'll go home after this tonight and I'll watch the World Cup for an hour and a half um, or two hours before bed. So, you know, because you love it and then it's homework, mm. you know, it yeah. helps the next day when I'm on radio or doing whatever. So that just feeds on itself. And I think that's where we're all lucky. We work in sport and we love it. That makes a massive difference. It certainly is like a dream job, isn't it? A lot of people would love to do what you do. Yeah. Tell me how you became so deep in this industry and end up in the job that you are in. I mean, like a lot of things, and particularly in media, lucky. Um, I finished uni. I did a three-year course. Um, needed to get some work experience. This was sort of the start of 2004. Had just been away to Europe. Um, and, you know, it's no money left. And knew someone at Channel 7 who's still there. The publicist is still there, um, Libby Rayner, and got work experience, did a week's work experience. And at the time, Dion Heyman and Paul Dowling had just been made redundant. So they needed they needed a young sports reporter, cheapest chips, obviously, when you first start out. And luckily enough, made the right impression. So just went from there. Very lucky. Right place, right time. Um, and I know it is really difficult, but gee, it seems like yesterday and it's 15 years later. It's perfect when you can actually find yourself in the job that you love so yeah. much. And you're doing television. Uh, how did you wind up at Channel 9 and 
now presenting on screen. That's brilliant. So I went to Melbourne for a few years after starting at Channel 7 here in Adelaide. After about three and a half years, I thought it, it's time to give it a crack, you know, in the in the big smoke. That's when I, you know, probably got addicted to coffee and also <laughs> and also gambling. So um, that, that was where I found my love for the races. Uh, sadly, haven't shaken either of those vices. Um, so went over there for a few years and then came back, you know, in part for family. And at the time, I really wrestled with it because Melbourne is such um, a sporting capital, um, so much going on. But in a way, and Sarah was really good, my wife, and said, look, it's a smaller sort of market over here. You can you can do a little bit more like the radio, the TV, and a few other bits and pieces. So was in Melbourne for three years, still have a lot of good friends over there. Miss it, but I'm glad that I came home because having a young family with grandparents around makes such a big difference. You've covered so much sport over your time uh, as being a journalist. What's some of the highlights that stick out in your mind? I know that you did the Australian Open recently yeah. with Jim Courier. A massive feat for you and a great experience, I'm sure. Yeah, that was amazing, Jace. You know, and the day before, they kept saying, look, there might be a chance we need you to call. Just be ready to go. And I think what happened was, because it was the first year, they sort of realised, maybe we don't have enough callers. I, I think they might have copped a little bit of flack nine for not having... Um, enough local callers because there's callers on every court. Tennis Australia has commentators on every court, but it might be a South African and an England English person calling it, so it's a little bit random. Um, so I, they said I got called in late one night. Brent Williams, great fellow, said, uh, Tommy, are you all set to commentate? Can you do it? I said, yep, ready to go. He said, right, you got centre court tomorrow uh, Center court tomorrow with Jim Curry. Is that fine? I said, of course, absolutely no drugs. <laughs> Crapping myself, you know, absolutely <laughs> shitting myself. So uh, it was it was pretty scary, but thankfully got through. That's definitely a highlight. And I think the Olympics, I've only done one. I went in 2008 um, for Channel 7 at the time. We were a rights holder. I'd love to do more of that stuff, mm-hmm. Jace, more of that broadcasting type thing. But they're probably the two that stick out. And... Calling AFL footy week in, yeah. week out is pretty cool. You mentioned well. you like racing. Have you ever thought about calling the horses? Thought about it, but it just it's so difficult um, looking at colours. And I take my hat off. I think Terry McAuliffe, mm-hmm. um, I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you guys yeah. have had him in yet. He's one of the best, I think, we have to. in yeah. the country. He's just phenomenal. I was lucky enough to see him work at the Bay Sheffield and the way he calls that, not knowing any of the runners, mm. but just being able to call it and call it accurately. Um, and racing, I think, is so difficult. The guys that do it really take my hat off. I think if you did it, you'd have to concentrate almost full-time just on that because it is such a difficult art to to perfect because if you get it wrong, punters will savage you very quickly. Now, I must admit, boys, uh, Rennie actually had a, a big part of me being down this path that I'm currently on. I um, threw another friend of ours, Rob Popplestone. Poppy. Uh, he got me in and said, I, I really wanted to get involved in the media. I wasn't sure how to go about it. And, and Rob said, why don't I introduce you to Tom Wren? So one morning he uh, scheduled a breakfast, a, a, a quick coffee. In comes flying Tom Wren. In, in, in between probably a speaking engagement and the news. Yep. He come in and he said, uh, he met me and said, how are you doing? And I said, great. And he said, do you want a week at work experience at Channel 9? I said, mate, I'd, I'd love to. And he sort of supported me and did a week there, got hired from... Uh, a week work wow. experience and um, set me on this path that I'm currently on. No, nah, you did very well though, Jace. You made a big impression on Puds and also Andrew Rudder at the time, right, who's yeah. still our chief of staff. So uh, he's obviously doing very well now at Channel 10. So um, yeah, it, it's all about taking the opportunity, isn't it? it? It's hard work and, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it and you've spoken about it with others, but the way it's changed, like, you know, having to be on social media mm. and really active on it, I'm not great with it. I'm, I'm better than I was, but it's bloody hard work. I find it tough. Um, I don't know how you guys sit with it, but it's constant. Yeah. You have got to be on it the whole time. 
Now, uh, you're on Channel 9 with Treaders. Yes. <laughs> Throw some dirt on Treaders, please. Oh. <laughs> Give us some dirt on Treaders. <laughs> He's a nerd. He's a nerd. If he, if he hadn't played 250-odd games and been the star that he was, I think he's the best player the Powers yes. ever had in the AFL. Um, Wanganeem, very close. Um, Chad Corns. Trying to think, Kane, obviously, with four BNFs, has to be up there. Roger James. Mm-hmm. Um, Robbie Gray might Robbie. just eclipse him if he gets the premiership. Mm-hmm. But Treaders is a nerd. He's, a, you know, he's, a, he's so straight. Um, he loves a beer, yeah. but just what I love about him is he's very loyal. He'll mm-hmm. back you in, um, works hard. And, you know, this hasn't always been the case, but um, and I'm sure there are a lot of good ones, but Treaders, some readers I think are just happy to sort of do the reading. But if mm-hmm. you've got some information, mm-hmm. um, because of the contacts he has, he'll mm-hmm. really work hard to back you up and say, yep, on the money, I've just made two or three phone calls. Or... Rennie, uh, you're off the mark. So yeah. you know, maybe we, maybe we sack this one. I've, I've heard that, and then you know, how you'll many go times back. does that one come up? That, that's happened. A lot. <laughs> that's, that's happened a fucking lot. Almost rolled off the tongue. But he's really good like that. So he um he's very loyal, works hard. Um, but he's a massive nerd. But he could clean the crap out of me in, in no time. So uh, he's a big boy. He's a big unit. Yeah, to the point where I've got to stand on a box every night. It absolutely <laughs> ruins my self-confidence How, every how night. do you deal with that? You have to stand on a box sometimes to stand next to the great man Warren Trudeau on telly. you just got to own it, I think. So we do a lot on the road. And I think you just got to wear it like armour and, and be self-deprecating before someone else is. Otherwise, you know, you just get chipped. But I don't mind. I mean, it's who I am. I'd love it if... I look at my boys now and I think, God, I hope you just end up being at least, you know, three or four inches taller than me so you don't cop a lifetime of, of crap. But you just got to roll with it, I think. You do a, a lot of sports commentary, as you mentioned before. I want to do a bit of a cornsy and jump back in the timeline here. But you, you spend a lot of time in the media and, you know, your busy schedule. How much time do you actually get to prepare for these games on a weekend? Good question. Um, I try and do sort of three or four hours for one game if I'm doing it. So the way I remember players... Um, and I watch a lot of footy, but I'm good with numbers. So I'll write out the number. So I'm calling, you know, Crows and Richmond. I'll write out the numbers of the players, the 22, just so that it's photographic, you know, in your memory. Then, of course, the Crows and Port players, you see them move, you know, every week. So you can pick them straight away. Mm. Um, whereas the other players maybe takes a fraction longer. I'd like to do more, but because, you know, you have got the job working as a reporter at nine and, you know, working at double A, you can't probably commit as much time. Mm. Um, but, yeah, yeah, and then I try and do two or three little stats about each player so that you might only use three or four for the game, but just so you've got that information mm. during a match. Um, actually, Chris Dittmar, who, again, another great caller, he said to me very early on, Rennie, if you're going to do it, what kind of caller do you want to be? Do you want to be Rex Hunt, try and be funny? Do you want to be, you know, Bruce McAvaney and information? Do you want to be Brian Taylor and, you know, really out there? What kind of caller are you going to be? And I said, oh, look, I'm... I'm the straight guy. Like, I don't... Otherwise, mm. people are going to say, you haven't played the game. Yep. You're not a funny guy. Um, just call it straight. Be excited. I like to be high energy. Um, so I tried to go down that path with a bit of information as well. Well, there's also one amazing facet to your career, and that is you're not just a great media speaker and news gatherer. You're also a very talented member of, uh, I suppose, the Trumpet Parade. Everyone, <laughs> anyone, who's, anyone who's any good on a, on a bugle. Now, is it true that you got the opportunity on Anzac Day to do a little bit of bugling? Yes, I, I did it. My great uncle, um, they have a little service down at Rosewater. He was in World War II. Um, his name's Bill Wren, and he passed away a few years ago. But when I was 10, um, they didn't used to have anyone play it. So he knew that I played the trumpet or he just started about a year earlier. So they used to have to have a tape machine play the last post so they said oh can you come out and play 
So um, I did, and the old man had to kneel down and sort of hold the music in front of me because at that age I wasn't great at remembering. Um, and so, yeah, pretty much every year since I've, I've played it. So wow. I don't have the bugle. Unfortunately, it's on the trumpet. Similar sound, of course. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I played it. There are a couple of years I missed in Melbourne, unfortunately, where I couldn't come back because of work, but tried to play it every year since. But if any buglers are out there, they'd be much better than me. Please come in and <laughs> get nervous. The big, I know it's a big moment, especially on Anzac Day. Yeah, yeah, because I know that there's going to be a squeaky note or two. And really? I, it really shits me when I hear the guys play it before footy games because yeah. they're flawless. They, so, don't, they don't make one mistake. So we might have found just a little bit of your uh, audition on the day. Let's have a listen. <laughs> You? <laughs> I don't even play that well. That was a mistake. I would have made three mistakes in that time. So, where, is there been a monumental mistake where with the bugle where you've just went, oh dear, I've got to start again, yeah. or people have gone, yeah, what is going there on? There was one year I reckon, and I reckon it was when Dits came out. I made a good five or six howlers along the way. And I'm like, oh, just got to keep going. You just got to play. It's like when you're, you know, reading in front of the camera. You just got to plow on. Mm. It's. It's not ideal, but you just have to get through it. Now, I said during Anzac Round in our audition, I said, surely the buglers can't stuff it up. They've got all year to prepare. But do you prepare all year or you just bring it out April 24 and bang and away she goes? I'm pretty slack. Day? Yeah, I, it's a good question, Fletch. I usually about two weeks before go, bloody hell, it's come up quick. Um, <laughs> better start practising. And then because I've got young kids, I, I can't do it at home because it'll wake them wake up. Them so up. I do it in the car down the road a couple of hundred metres where there's not many houses around and just practice for 15 minutes and then go back in and because you have to build the, the lips back yeah. up and... Is it like riding a bike? Yeah, yeah, it comes back pretty quickly, and it's only one tune. Um, So it's just that, (laughs) but it has to be two weeks, otherwise you're really going to struggle. I played trumpet in high school too. Oh, you did trumpet? I've got a bugle off here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Fletch, you're playing next year. (laughs) Fletch is doing it. Better get that tape out. (laughs) You mentioned, Rennie, uh, a little bit about how difficult it can be on telly. You stuff up. How many times has mm. something like that happened? Any nightmares? Yeah, there, there were. I think the auto queue died one night, um, and there's been times where you sort of forget where you are or the auto queue freezes. But then I just try and think, slow down. Everything feels like it's an eternity. So mm. you might not talk for one second, but it feels like a minute, and you're thinking, I look like the biggest dill here. But you just have to take a little breath. Okay, where am I? It's not rocket science. Yeah. It's only words. and. Just read. Just you'll be fine. Um, but it has happened a couple of times. I reckon one bulletin a couple of years ago, and I take my hat off to Will McDonald. Um, the whole auto queue conked out about five minutes before we went on air, so they had to say, "Look, no auto queue." The bits that you're on camera, you'll have to remember them, and then look down at your scripts because we had hard copies of scripts mm. if you have to. So he did the whole hour, and I only had a six-minute sports segment, and he was brilliant that night. But that wow. was a bit nerve-wracking. Um, but it's a, it's a bit of fun too. I, lo- I actually prefer being out on location mm-hmm. when you don't have the auto cue. You've only got your phone and you have to remember the first bit on camera. And then once the vision comes up yep. or the, mm. the scoreboard, then you can look <laughs> at your phone and read it off your phone. I so that that's the only bit you have to remember. You've covered so many big stories. What's the biggest one that you can think of in Adelaide during your time here that you've sort of uh, had your hand on? Yeah, great question. I think no question the Phil Walsh story. Um it was just monumental. I was here at Double A, um, mm. and I was on with Mike Smithson. We were doing breakfast, and we got wind that there was a pretty significant story that had happened overnight. Um, and Ben Avery came on. I reckon it was about twenty to seven that morning, mm. 
and broke the news, and it was just chaos after that. Stayed on 5AA, was supposed to finish at 9 o'clock. Finished, I think, at 11 instead, and then raced down there, was working for Channel 9 that day, and you guys obviously covered it, were a part of it. It was just awful, the the magnitude of, of that story. Um, you know, I still am boggled by how the, the Crows dealt with it. They were so strong. But I think that was probably the biggest. And in Melbourne... Um, Ben Cousins returned mm-hmm. to playing for Richmond at that stage. He'd come from West Coast. That was a really big story at the time. Uh, but I think the Phil Walsh one was certainly a lot bigger. You were in the media for a long time. I'm sure you spent much of your time with Phil Walsh covering you know, the Crows on a weekly basis. What was he like as a person? What was he like as a coach? He was incredible. Um, and talking to Treaders and Kane Corns about him, he was thorough, intense, mm-hmm. meticulous. And you got that as well from the media, very intense, had eyes that could look straight through you, almost like he's looking at the back of your skull. But he was also really entertaining, very charismatic, had a good sense of humour. And I think, um, really unfortunately, we were only just starting to see that. I remember there was a press conference. Mm. I think Theodoropoulos asked the question about playing football and he was speaking about artwork and, you know, we've still got a few uh, more... Canvases to paint. Canvases yeah. to paint, yeah. yeah. And it was just a brilliant line. Those yeah. kind of lines you never get from coaches. And he just pulled out these gems. Um, and we were going to get so many more of them. So it's so sad. And look, first and foremost for his family, but that we didn't get to see him be a coach in his own right for longer. Who knows? He could have been a premiership coach, yeah. a dual premiership coach. Um, it would have been an incredible ride to see and watch unfold. So, you know, I... I, I just really wish that we had been able to, to witness that. Now, you've interviewed plenty of superstars, megastars. Has there been a moment where you've pinched yourself and went, this is a real big idol of mine, and went, oh, dear. Um, this Don't is stuff actually, it up. This is actually <laughs> happening? Yeah, Tiger Woods, when he came to Melbourne, wow. that was a big one. I mean, it was an all-in press conference. I actually prefer, you know, when you do get the one-on-ones. Yeah. Um, and I really like him seeing, and I'd love to do it more in this type of environment. I think you get people relaxed the way yeah. you guys are doing it or on TV, you know, like a Michael Parkinson. Um, so I love doing the lunches. Mm. So I had Adam Gilchrist, Bruce McAvaney uh, once when I was over in Melbourne, Dennis committee. I love those because it feels like they just give themselves to you a little bit more. Mm. Um, probably the most, I don't know why, but one of the most intimidating and he was lovely, um, but he just had a real presence. Usually I think, you know what? They're just people. They're like, yeah. You and I are, but they're just superb at, you know, one particular sport or thing. Gary Lyon had a real presence, and I reckon if he had been a coach, he would have been sensational. But he had a, there's something about him, the way he carries himself, he has a real aura. And I know it's, you know, not that global international star, but he was someone that really spoke well and had a real physical presence about him. I was really impressed by um, his aura when I interviewed him. Tommy, I think we've just about run out of time with you, mate. But look, you have done some superb things in your time. You've got plenty ahead of you, and we know that we really enjoy anything that has your name on it. So thank you for taking the time with us. Um, We look forward to seeing you on the telly and on radio uh, throughout the rest of the year and in the future. Thanks a lot, boys. Yeah, and uh, we must do it again sometime. We'll talk about some uh, some other sports and stuff. More speaking engagements. (laughs) (laughs) Book a brother up. (laughs) Thanks, boys. Tom Rean, what an absolute superstar. <laughs> Gee whiz, he, we could talk to him all day. Dale, I learned something new about you. I didn't yes. know you could play a trumpet. Well, I used to be able to play a trumpet. <laughs> What's going on there? Wait, when I was a, a teenager, yeah, manual, oh. manual college, yeah. and a, a music student there for three years. Have you got numbers game. that you... 
No, well, the um, there's a the little funny story. You need needed a solo performance at the mm. end of, end of year ten, and you had to had to do um, to practice one tune. You had mm. to pick the tune and then learn it, and then go up and stand in the exam and and play it. So uh, I thought I'd uh, choose the Simpsons theme. Oh, <laughs> great choice! <laughs> so, so I um, got the got the the music and and uh, learnt it. I learnt it pretty quickly, and then uh, how I. Uh, practiced every night was I'd go home and watch it and I'd play at, <laughs> I as it that. started at six o'clock just, yeah, and just then um, and then by, by, by the uh, exam time I didn't even need the sheet music I knew it off oh, by heart and just, how good's that? I just walked in and went it's our job now Jase to get him in here in the studio play the song alright let's let's get into this the second best podcasting segment of all time root of the week what do you got? Well, it's been a buy for the football. No. <laughs> so, so it's been a bit of a different uh, route of the week this week. But I, I haven't, I haven't let it go. There's, okay. uh, there's a, a race, and I know that you're familiar with this race, yes. uh, Dale. Is it called the Fink Motor Race? And what it Fink is, Desert Race. Fink Desert Race. Fink Desert Race. And what it is, it's an off-road race. It goes for a couple of hundred, hundred kilometers. It starts in Alice Springs and goes to the small community of Fink, Fink. two hundred twenty-six kilometers there you away. Go. And it's all off-road buggies, mm. and so it's it's and bikes all, and bikes. They have mm. two different categories um, and it's quite treacherous it's all dunes and that sort of stuff and these these big V8 buggies that go along with it and there's quite a lot of people that make up it's actually the signature event in Alice Springs barring I think the football when it comes oh yeah, no it'd be bigger than that oh right yeah wow. so the, the whole the whole town pretty much go out and camp along the track so you got mm. probably the first 100 150 kilometers of the track there's Everyone's just camping, so it's a it's a real it's a it's a great town event in there. It's so this it's, event's just massive. It's huge for them. Right, it's the right. biggest a- off road race in the southern right. hemisphere. Anyway, one of my mates that I went to school with participates in this event. He's been oh. doing so for the last five or six years, um, and, and it's funny because on uh, we were doing the. Um, uh, uh, play of the day and they couldn't think of well they, they were trying to get the a pronunciation right for Fink they didn't know if it was Finky or Fink so I just overheard the conversation in the morning I said no it's, it's Fink one of my mates yeah. races in yeah, it yeah. anyway I got busy during the day totally forgot about it it comes to watching back the news bulletin and all of a sudden they go, and the player of the day is uh, to David Polino, who's won Fink. And of oh. course, it's my mate that I went to school with. So I had no idea he'd even won it. Oh. I rang him on the way here before the podcast. He he reckons that um, they, the day, because they have a, a day before as well. And so it's a two day race. And I think they, three, three. so one day, I think one day is to get there, one day is to come back yep, or so, something. Yeah. So there's a prologue on uh, the Saturday. Right, the prologue. This which, is the one we're talking uh, about. And uh, old mate, uh, your mate and old mate. David and, and, and Jack tried, Rhodes. Uh, Jack Rhodes Jack is his Rhodes. partner. Yep. Uh, Burst into flames. That's right. So they binned it, burst into flames, had to start 14th. They said the the problem with starting so far back is because once the track gets all sandy, all the cars go on, all the the, the big, Mm. um, uh, what do they call it? The The buggies. The buggies. They Mm. kick up all the sand. So if you're stuck back in the field... You've got to race through all the sand. So the, anyway, they've gone through, and then the track is only single file. So yeah. if you're going dangerous, 180 clicks. A, you oh. don't know if someone's yeah, you're right, coming right, up yeah. behind yeah. someone, and 
if you are, there's uh, not not much territory to, uh, blind, yeah. to to go around. And, and so the leader, Toby Price, he uh, his buggy Binded, I think, and he's obviously mm. he won the Dakar Rally. Yeah, um, on a bike. And yep. so he's uh, Binded. He was coming first. The boys were coming second. Overtook him, oh. and, they, and they won it. Ten Stephen gra- Bradbury. Ten grand. Thanks for coming. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, I just got a Snapchat from him. He's at the casino at the moment, so I dare say <laughs> yes, he, might, he, he might spend it all tonight. <laughs> oh, so my congratulations goodness. to Jack Rhodes and David Polino. Wow, that is fantastic. Well, that's not a root of the week in any That's shape or form. That is a win of the week. Yeah, well and, I, and I must uh, also add that David Walsh, Alice Springs' own David Walsh, won the bikes. He's the yes. king of it, is it, for the for the bike? So, uh, yeah, so um, they, they're claiming Jack Rhodes up there too because he was born, right. b- b- he's a, he's born a, in Alice Springs. but a uh, local. Yeah, so uh, oh, yeah, sh- t- t- two Centralians have uh, won the Fink Desert. Oh, well, big shout out to all them. I'm no doubt they'll be listening now. They know that they've been uh, mentioned in this <laughs> in this podcast for a good four minutes. Okay, it's time to get on to the number one segment because we just build up nice and slowly to pass or fast. Can we get an ironing board out there on the sideline? Absolutely get- farcical. It was farcical. Farcical. It was a farce too, I know that. It's a disgrace. <laughs> Doesn't get old. That's just the uh, highlights from the school review on the, <laughs> on the, on the weekend, oh. wasn't it? But uh, rightio. No, uh, number one, uh, last week, uh, fu- furor in uh, sort of a little bit root of the weekish uh, mm. in, in the country uh, footy. Yes. Uh, Casey McElroy got uh, got a six week ban for uh, for playing uh, in, in the resies, but uh, is it a, is it a pass? Is it a fast? Well, what, what, what are we passing and fasting? Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of subheadings to this yes. fast or fast. Okay. So uh, uh, go the story through. itself. Go through them. The story itself could be a pass or fast. The six week ban. Well, you're the dictator here, so you yeah, tell you us. You tell us. I reckon the six week ban, pass or fast, absolute yeah, pass. Pass. Yep. Pass. Pass. We're saying this the right. Ban? The ban. Yeah. Pass. Banning. Pa- oh, no, banning yeah, Casey pass. from yes. playing football in that competition because she was unregistered. But she's, pass. She, pass. But she's banned from because she's a female. She's banned to play. From, Doesn't matter. From the it's irrelevant. Unregistered player. <laughs> yeah. So you, yeah. you be, can't play if you you're unregistered. Unregistered. Yeah, doesn't the, matter. It doesn't matter. Female if any, or male. Any field. Any any sporting event in yes. or football event in in Australia. If you're unregistered, you can't play. Yeah. No, it's another SANFL farce for mine. Oh, oh, now you tell us why. Yes. Because you it, said you were going to yeah. say pass. You this. actually you walked us in. On hang this. on a second. You walked in here and you said, I've got Casey McElroy. And he said, you know, I'm with you, boys. And then you've gone and changed it on us. Yeah, well, that's, What's that, going on? Oh, the, that's the user. He's thrown us under he the bus here, mate. So Not really, because we're correct. McElroy will miss six games of next year's Limestone Coast Women's Football League season under the suspension imposed by the Sample because she filled in, apparently, for a men's. Reserves it doesn't team. matter. It, it was unregistered. If you're not what? registered, she you knew sh- the rules. She, she knew, should be banned. But the funny okay, thing is Dale, she knew that. Dale, if you were the person that filled in for that team, you'd also get the exact same ban. Doesn't matter if you got long hair or short hair. Yeah, but if you've got, you know, she, sh- she should be banned from that competition. <laughs> She's getting banned from another competition she wasn't even playing in. What's going on there? Exactly. Fast. No. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, number two, uh, the uh, World Cup stumps. It could have uh, saved uh, David Warner. Uh, well, we they, have, saved, they did save David they Warner. Did save yeah, they da- did save David Warner. They just absolutely cannoned into the stumps, and then just the bales just went, nah, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, like, someone has to check if they're glued on or not because yeah. they did not move and they got hit so pretty hard. The zing bales pass or fast. It's not the first time it's happened this World Cup. Fifth too. time. Fifth time. That's it's right. Happened. So it's happened a long time. I reckon it's a giant fast. You should. I don't understand why we've had to go this whole zing bale stuff anyway. Like save overall. it for the T twenty stuff. That's it. The fifty fifty and the test stuff don't even come near that. It's all for the glitz and glamour, entertaining, pointless cricket. It's not for the stuff that actually means something when wickets really are important. And clearly it's affecting it. And clearly yeah. it's affecting the play. It's, 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 it, Virat Kohli said that the, he said it's something to do with the coating. The, the, it's heavier. The stump's yeah. heavier. I did some research online and I couldn't find a whole lot as to like the laws around bales and stumps and stuff because mm-hmm. there's no actual proper weight that a bale needs to be. Right. So, and there isn't really, I haven't gone out and weighed well, the, zing bales and whether they're heavier or not, but they would be. There's the whole, a battery. The in whole it. point of having a bale is to, is to, Show someone when the the stump has been hit. Yes. So by having a zinger, the the flashing light, it it, it counteracts what the whole bale is mm. meant to do in the first yes. place. So it's one or the other. Is it is it the bales being a little bit heavier because it's in England? There might be a bit of wind and it could just blow off, and that could just become no. An because I, I think fast. they did this in the last World Cup. They had zing bales in Australia, and it was and that yeah. was the first time it had happened. Yeah. So and even then there was a bit of uproar because people said mm, we need to question whether this is appropriate yeah. and then it sort of just died that conversation and it's come back up again now because we're in the thick of another World Cup and same problems are happening. Yeah, absolute fast. Yeah, fast, fast, cool. fast. fast. Get it's a disgrace. Get, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Simon. <laughs> get uh, get the indoor cricket stumps out, out there. Ooh. That they're my number one favorite. Okay. The indoor cricket stumps. <laughs> anyway, uh, number three, uh, Lewis Hamilton's won everything. In Formula One, just wins everything. Just wins everything. Last night or mm. Monday or Sunday, yeah. Monday morning. Jeez, mm. I don't even know what day. Oh, no, it's <laughs> long weekend. Yeah, <laughs> Sebastian Vettel was robbed. Robbed. He robbed. Was robbed. Robbed. We should have asked Tommy Wren about that. Yeah, <laughs> we should. We should have. We've missed. We've missed an opportunity. He'll he be back. A, he He'll was the bloke that interviewed that bloke. Jeez. <laughs> He'll be back. That was a good night. Yes. Um, Not really. Sebastian Vettel robbed of the Canadian Grand Prix for a little five-second penalty pass or farce. Yeah, farce. Absolute farcical. He only what kind of Ooh, missed the farcical. Missed, oh. missed the chicane and sort of had the racing line to go back in anyway. Who cares if he got in front of Lewis Hamilton? Like, he, he was still on the track. Like, fast. Fast. Yeah, fast. But I did like how he, uh, in after the race, you picked up that. the number one and went, bang, that's mine. <laughs> yeah, I'll that, that. That was, that's very swaggy. I like that. Uh, today, Queen's birthday, uh, um, everyone's loving about the big freeze. But what about mm. the uh, Jeremy Howe, Mark, Toby Green-esque, oh. kung fu fighting, free kick, this is awful. pass or fast? This that's is a, awful. I, mean, I took one look at it. I understand why the umpires made the call because the big extended straight leg kick uh, studs up sort of thing in the back of a player. I understand where the whole Toby Green situation came into it and why they might have made the call in the in the moment. But honestly, it's it's an indictment on the game if we have to lose something like that. The ability to mark with your legs out, jumping high, trying to beat your defender from behind. I just seriously, it wasn't, and the player wasn't running towards him. Um, that that's why Toby Green got done for what he did. So oh, I think it's disgraceful. It's a farce. It's another green frog, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> a Toby Green frog, <laughs> farce. But uh, Toby Green actually kicked the Bulldogs player in the face. That's though. right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. You can clearly see that Jeremy Howe wasn't trying to kick him. He was just using him as leverage to take the the screamer. That's right. No, I remember back in the Ashley Sampy won Mark of the Year, and he oh, just right. absolutely <gasps> just destroyed someone's mm. back. Gary McIntosh. 
imagine if he got pulled back and he doesn't oh, win the mark of the century or whatever please. it was. Oh, jeez. Absolute farce. <laughs> right. Uh, next one. Uh, the NBA Finals. The... Uh, the Golden State Warriors on the on the brink, on the brink. The dynasty's uh, nearly over, but uh, this do, whole do they win? Do they win Game Five? Yes, I don't know. It's uh, they will not roll pass. over easily. Yeah. Uh, oh dear. No, they're no. gone. Okay. They're Done. gone. Done. Done. The Drake <laughs> curse one. is over. Fair enough. <laughs> there you go. So Golden State, absolute Monty. So get on. Um, Kevin Durant's calf injury. Pass or fast? Well, what do you mean? Well, yeah, he's been injured give for us, give us some weeks. context. Well, uh, Kevin Durant has been seen in video footage, still photographs with ice packs on his Achilles, nowhere near his calf. Oh. When, when he did the injury, he looked back. There was there was no, there was no contact. Mm. There was mm. there was everything went Achilles. The commentator said Achilles. Yeah, everyone said Achilles except for the, the Golden State Warriors. Media department and the coach and Kevin Durant. It's one hundred percent an Achilles. Are they uh, so? You, so the calf injury is a farce. Yes, yeah, calf that. injury is because the ice why has been they, on Why the would they do that just to just to try and throw him off to pretend that he's coming back or something? Well, there's that, and there's also the fact that uh, Kevin Durant has a player option and is looking mm. to leave. Oh, Already oh. bought a house in New York. Uh, yes, he's really? gone. He's, he's going. He's, he's gone. He's, he's wow. Uh, he locked and loaded. He got. Where's help, he got what the he, Knicks? The Knicks. He, he, wow. He got helped off the court. Um, by the medical staff, and the first person he called for was his manager. So it's all been. <laughs> it's all, on that. Uh, no, no, get, get stand away paramedics. The manager, so <laughs> it, it could potentially cost him hundreds of millions of dollars. Like wow. uh, you know, well, if I was the Knicks, well, why, why do you want Kevin Durant with one Achilles tendon? <laughs> yeah. So it's all been managed very well. And it's like, oh yeah, he could play, he could play, he could play. Absolute mm. fast. He has done. Wow. He, Hasn't snapped the Achilles because, you know, when you snap your Achilles, oh, I've done that. He wouldn't. Yeah. He wouldn't yeah, have walked yeah, yeah. off the court. Trust yeah, me. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, it's definitely that uh, got that vibe about. So it. to keep his worth up, and for the trade to be worthwhile for the Warriors, they've put a bit of softening on this. Ooh, they haven't well, been transparent and uh, yeah, no elite honesty. Unfortunately for the Warriors, there'll be no trade. They'll get nothing for him. He'll just walk. Okay. But uh, yeah, the he's he's done his Achilles, yeah, okay. mate. <laughs> oh, all right, well, there you go. That's that. And if he plays uh, in Game 5, uh, he won't be playing Game 5, okay. trust me. <laughs> it's Game five's tomorrow, isn't it? It is. It it's is. Tuesday, so yeah. hopefully... Today. Hopefully uh, we've we've got a Game 6. I'd like to see a Game 6. Yes. Go the Warriors. Ooh, go the Warriors. I'm going, I'm going the Raptors for the series, but I just want to keep seeing more basketball. Yeah. I'm rooting for basketball. Right. Final uh, one. Final one. Uh, now, uh, South Africa, the genuine World Cup chokers, South Africa. Oh, yeah. They're living but, up to but, it, but aren't they? They, they do it usually around the pointy end of the World Cup, but now they've just went, oh, well, we'll just uh, we'll just choke from the start. We <laughs> haven't even won a match yet. Now, A.B. de Villiers has um, put his hand up before, was it before the World Cup? To say yeah, before. Before? Yeah. Or was it after the first loss? After the first loss. After the oh, first was, loss. Yeah, yeah, sorry. After the first loss, said... I'm here, boys. I'm ready to go. <laughs> yep. I'm ready. If you need me, yep. just the, one of the world's best batsmen. Just if you need me, yep. you, you're losing to Pakistan or whoever it was. Uh, <laughs> I'm here. If I'm you here. need me. I'm here. And, <laughs> and uh, South Africa goes, nah, we're, we're cool, mate. That has got to be one of the f- fastest of the year. No, nah, they've, they've said it out of, I think, out of due respect for the competition um, that it, and, and the current team as well. Yeah. Um, it would be 
totally wrong morally to slide a bloke out of retirement uh, and bring him straight back into I the team. I still don't think you can. I don't think you can either. I think no. this, since your squad's set, it's kind of set. But yeah. I, I don't know. But nonetheless, the I think it's a great call by Cricket South Africa. Fast call move by Abu de Villiers to try and squeeze himself yeah. back in out of retirement. I mean, come on, mate. Um, but great call by Cricket South Africa. Big pass. Yeah, pass for me as well. Yeah. I, think, I think once you're gone, you're gone. Pass number eleven, AB. If you want, if you want to play, him, I love that. If you want to play cricket, AB, just come to the Redbacks. You can bat three, four, and five if you want to. Yeah, it's almost one pass per show now. It is. So it's it creeping is. up. It's, cre- it's, it's definitely going to overtake. I, I, I got. I got. I got to do more research. I need more passes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm on eleven passes. So uh, if you're counting, but uh, yeah, okay. I'll finish with a pass. So that's now, a positive. Our multi last week. Oh, uh, I tell you what, I'm real stiff because I put on a bit of money on this one. Jeez, I thought, stuff it. I'm going to do it, and we fell down one league. North Melbourne was screwed us. Hey, it we was really we bad. got up. Oh, Carlton got flat. up, which was incredible. Crows got up, Crows which got was up. against the odds a bit. Yep. Uh, Carlton did the job on. Queen's birthday, yeah. but North Melbourne did over Gold Coast. Yeah. I wasn't happy about that. Yeah, and, and it looked like Gold Coast, well, they were never really in it, but they um, they did definitely fight it out in the second mm, and third quarter, they so they, they looked like there were a chance, but jeez, yep. flat. This week, this week, this week, Tips. this week, here we go. So the, the right, well, game starts early this week, yes, Thursday. Thursday. Crows versus Richmond. Here. Woo-hoo. Uh, Crows will win by 10 goals. No, they won't, Dale. They won't win by 10 goals. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I'm sorry. They'll win by 15 goals. <laughs> oh, they will not against Richmond. We will win by three goals. Yeah, I think Crows, uh, maybe 20 points from one. Easily. Cool. Yeah, so that's cool. good. Uh, Richmond, sorry, no, Essendon versus the Hawthorne on Friday night. Mm. MCG? No, MC- Marvel. 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 Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Marvel. Hopefully Hawthorne the, hopefully still, the roof will be shut. Still think Hawthorne. <laughs> Nighttime. <laughs> Nighttime. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't Nighttime. matter. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, bombers. Yeah. I've got Hawks. Uh, yeah, let's go Bombers. All right. Bombers for something. Bombers. Different. All right, then the uh, pitiful Suns versus St. Gil. <laughs> oh, oh, this is a game to watch. Actually, I think last time we said this is a game to watch. Yeah, been not a game, game of the round. Game of the round in yeah. round one or two. Uh, where's this Metricon Stadium? It is. I suppose the Suns need a bit of a kick in the bum. Oh, Riverway Stadium. Where's that? It's River in Townsville. Way. It's in Townsville. Oh, there we go. It's in Townsville. Wow. Go the Suns. Yeah, Suns then. I'm all the way there. How the they, Saints they, have been travelling a bit too, up to Shanghai, Shanghai. And they're back in uh, Townsville. Jeez. Yeah, they, they got the Tans, the Sainers, but uh, they'll lose. Uh, Gold Coast Gold win. Coast. Back Ooh. them in, up, yeah. up in the warm weather. Yeah, yes. Definitely. Um, Frio versus Port Adelaide. Ooh. What do you think of your blokes? Uh, Port will win. Port will yeah. win. Yeah. Frio is still good over there. Are going to be a tough test? I'll go Fremantle. No, Port Adelaide. Yeah, Port Adelaide to do okay. it. Two over there. Two and zip over there. Uh, and then we've got Carlton versus the Western Bulldogs at Marvel. Mm. Carlton have already beaten the Bulldogs this year. So Carlton to go again. Carlton, they'll win. Carlton to go again. Carlton to go again. Carlton wow. two in a row. Hey, <laughs> ninth is back. still on the table. <laughs> Come on, ninth. Come on, ninth, boys. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and then the final game on Sunday is North Melbourne versus GWS. Um, GWS have to win that. North, North, North will win. It's in Tassie. That's yeah, a good oh, call. It's a, a wow, that's, that's, you're right. Again, context prevails. Jeez. Okay. Oh, jeez, our multi might be uh, right, looking geez. all right here. This looks I, good. I reckon we go the whole six. Stuff all it. of them. All right. No. So, so what do we go? <laughs> we couldn't agree on. No, let, no. Let, let's let's leave out. Let's leave out. Well, to roll the dice, you have got to have Gold Coast and Carlton. Okay. hundred oh, percent. Yeah. <laughs> and you'd have to have port, port over there. So port port will be port will be outsiders. Yes, they yeah. will. So port blues. Bombers, North, jeez, and 
Gold Coast. This 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 Adelaide rectangular stadium will be ready for next week. All right. So if you haven't got that, the multi is Port Blues. Bombers, North and Gold Coast. Wow, five leagues That's out of five. six. That's five. Man, let's just throw the... Well, <laughs> crow, 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 the crows in there. Because yeah. they're not favourite favourites. Yeah, crows, uh, bang. There you have it. There you go. That yeah, is it. Load up. Hopefully next week we're coming back and we're in a brand new studio. We've got everything. Oh, oh, it'll, be, it'll be live from the uh, United Arab Emirates. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be on holiday. Um, next week we have a very, very special guest. Um, we do have a special guest each week, but next week is going to be incredibly fascinating. So make sure you are uh, switched on to the press box next week when we, we have a great interview, um, which will be done a little bit differently, I think. We'll be splitting it up, maybe spending a bit more time with that so please make sure you stick around for that because uh, it's going to be fantastic um jason dale brilliant to see you it's nice and late tonight but uh, great to have you both on board once again tonight oh just got through just got through <laughs> just, public holiday almost just, this pub, public, what's a public <laughs> holiday yeah, that's it. we don't have them in the media uh thanks again to all of you tuning in all the way toward the end get on itunes twitter facebook and uh, give us some nice little reviews we love that can we get tommy to play us out oh no no, no he's Bugle's dead. Oh, dear. We lost it. We lost it. Uh, Thank you for tuning in again. We'll see you next week.